Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. We're here to share another exciting adventure of Dick Rogers' Space Detective. Mike, you look like you're about to jump out of your seat to talk about this one. You want to explain today's episode? Oh boy, do I ever! This week, we take a ride on a space elevator. A what? I mean, I know we deal in science fiction, but that sounds silly even for Dick Rogers. Well, okay, it's a little rudimentary to call it an elevator, but scientists have determined that an extremely long cable reaching out to Earth's geosynchronous orbit could be used to transport stuff and people out of Earth's atmosphere. Okay, picture you have a jump rope and you tie a basket to it, then you start spinning around in one spot. The rope spins with you, creating centrifugal forces, and the basket stays in the same point relative to you. So a cable with some kind of elevator cab just zooming up into outer space? How long would that take? Like a couple hours? <laughs> oh no, it would take at least six days, as you'll find out in our surprisingly scientifically accurate account in today's show. Oh man, I'm imagining it now. Can you hear it? Elevator music, like the girl from Impanema, on repeat for six days. <laughs> well, you'll have to keep imagining it. Even though the idea for some type of tower or elevator has been around since way back in 1895, we don't actually have the materials to make a functioning space elevator just yet. Although, with the way things are progressing with carbon nanotubes... Mike, I love your enthusiasm for the science, but we do have a show to do here. Oh, right. Okay, so this episode comes from 1962, the same year as the 50th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Okay, that came a bit out of left field. Oh, I think you'll get the reference once you've heard the story. Right, the story. <laughs> Best get to it. It's time for Dick Rogers and the Space Elevator Express. It's day one of the maiden voyage of the largest and finest space elevator the world has ever seen. Black Comet Lines is set to launch gigantic, the world's first luxury space elevator, at sunset today. The state-of-the-art shuttle will hurtle through the atmosphere at 250 miles per hour during the short six-day journey. The world may be speeding away, but for the 2,240 travelers lucky enough to secure a spot on this momentous adventure, they will experience nothing but relaxation and fun. As the first-class passengers board, let me describe the pleasures they'll experience. A five-star French a la carte restaurant with attached veranda cafe, an immense dining saloon, a delightful palm court, the health conscience will enjoy swimming pool, gymnasium, and squash racket court, and when it's time to relax, they'll visit the Turkish and electric baths, followed by beautification at the barber shop or salon. Dick Rogers, so glad you could make it aboard! Zeno, or I suppose I should say Captain Zeno, it's you I should be thanking for getting me this ticket. I had no idea the accommodations would be quite this upscale. Yes. Who would have believed those two scrawny kids who barely made it through the GIF Academy 20 years ago would be standing here today? Well, we're certainly not so scrawny anymore. <laughs> no siree. And just wait till you try the food on board. Tonight's menu is filet mignon and Waldorf pudding for dessert. I've got to keep greeting the guests, but I'll make sure you're at the captain's table this evening. We can catch up and regale the other guests with our academy antics. Now, Dick, I'm the captain, so don't go telling any of the stories that will make them think less of me. Then I guess I'll have to keep that time in our lives to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jackson. Could you just put that flask away? 
I don't think we're supposed to bring our own booze on the trip. Space elevator rules? Uh, come on, Ari, you old fuddy-duddy. Everyone knows those are more like guidelines. And don't try to change the conversation, old chap. Switch rooms with me. You know how I get seasick. And I'm guessing hurtling into outer space in this tin can will do the same thing. And I know you're always a nervous Nelly, so perhaps a more secure lower level inner cabin by the cable would be a better fit. Plus, you won't spend much time in your cabin anyway, right? So who cares about the size or that it has no windows and you have to share a bathroom? But, but I paid extra for my room. I even checked with you to see if you wanted one, and you said, once they find out who I am, they'll upgrade me for free. I read that the cabins closest to the cable have a terrible humming noise, and plus, I... I don't think the staff would want us switching anyway. Well, let's solve that question right now. Look, the captain's right here. Captain, I'm Jackson Nova, and this is my good pal, Ari Orion. He had just suggested that perhaps he would prefer a more secure inner cabin, and I offered to switch. Can we get that changed on the ship's manifest? But of course. That's no problem at all. There. All done. Have a lovely time. I'm off to go start the booster engines and prepare for takeoff. See you later, dicky boy. See, Ari, simple as that. <sighs> you there, bellhop. Why on earth are you just standing there? But I'm not... Come, come get my things. You have one job, why aren't you doing it? What's your name? Uh, Bob Johnson. Well, Bob, I'll be keeping an eye on you. Take them to room 314 and fast. Take good care. These are very expensive bags. Ari, tip this fellow. I'm off to find the bar. Message me on the comms once you've settled in. Who does this guy think he is? I'm the elevator's mechanic, not a bellhop. Well, elevator's not moving, so I'm not working. You transferring the tip or what? Got a hand for one more bag? That's for Dick Rogers in room 51. Oh, fuck. With all 2,240 passengers safely boarded and expensive luggage tucked neatly away, it was time for the Bon Voyage liftoff. Passengers were given paper streamers and gathered on the exterior deck facing the launch pad, where a crowd had gathered to see them off. Picture it, Harry. All those losers who didn't get tickets just standing down there waiting to watch this thing take off. Kind of pathetic, really. Hey, my mom came to see me off. This crowd is annoying. All the huddled at the balcony. I can't see where it's... We will be taking off in 30 seconds. A countdown will commence shortly. Come on, Ari. We gotta get right up in the thick of things. Hey, this ship it. will be taking off in 10 seconds. Hey, lady, ten, get out of my nine. way, will ya? Excuse me? Look, Brad, I want to get a peep out of all the plebes down there. Out of my way. You and that ridiculous dress are hogging the railing. Four, three, two, oh, hey, hey, one. Hey, you spilled your damn drink all over me. Oh, no. Your robes are drenched, and they were a gift from the King President of the United Federation of Oil Companies. Look here, you goon. Do you even know- Look, ladies. If you hadn't been crowding my space, this never would have happened. 
And that drink was 59 credits. What? Perhaps at what? least offer to buy me a new drink. What? You can credit it to Jackson Nova, room 314. All right, Ari, let's get back to the fun stuff. Where are the slot machines? Why, I never! What came next was the first of many, many delicious meals. Some reported later that perhaps they could have had fewer meals, but when being cannonballed into a geostationary orbit altitude, you can't exactly go for a stroll or take a drive. So, eating is the next best thing. A select group was chosen to dine at the captain's table that first night, with Dick Rogers and Carbutho Marbani, heir apparent of Alara, the moon planet of Jupiter, being the honored guests of the evening. I'd like to thank you all for joining me at the captain's table this evening. As we are waiting for what appears to be a few stragglers to arrive, let's get to know each other, shall we? First, I'm especially pleased to introduce to you a few honored guests. The first is Carbutho Marbani. Now, you may all know her as heir apparent of Alara, but I just call her Boo. Oh, Captain, you're such a flirt. On behalf of my entire crew, we are honored to have you join us, Carbuthno. Thank you. Now, next to my Boo is Zaya. I would be remiss if I didn't regale the table with your ability to keep your mistress on schedule and on track. Thank you for joining us as well. Glad you could fit this little trip in the busy schedule. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine, Captain. And now last, and certainly least, my dear friend, Dick Rogers, the finest space detective the GIF has ever known. I've already been told to only tell stories from the GIF Academy where old Zeno looks good, so I'll be fairly silent all evening. <laughs> <laughs> now we've covered the old friends, let's move on to the new. Opakupo, my staff tell me you are from... What? Epsilon Adrani! Yes, it was a significant journey, and your planet is interestingly terrible. Ah, you've one of those old translator machines. <laughs> I believe you meant terribly interesting. Well, our trip is only six days, so after that, it's just a what is it, a quick ten-year jaunt through hyperspace and <laughs> boom, home, lickety split. I have already met several aboard this machine, including one who is uniquely obnoxious. Time will go by faster than the two weeks I have spent on this amazingly awful planet. Oh, book. We must get you an upgrade to your translator. But I do agree, Earth is awfully amazing. Too bad you had so little time to spend with us. Now, we were to have two additional guests join us, but it appears they are running late. We're here. We're here. Sorry to keep you all waiting. Ari couldn't decide what to wear. So, what's for dinner? I'm starving. You couldn't decide. And I told you, put that flask away! Good sirs, have a seat right next to my new friend, Opa Kupo, over there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jackson Nova and his associate, Ari Orion. We've met. I have already met more individuals than I would care to, including this one who is uniquely obnoxious. Well, you're an interesting one, aren't you? All big googly eyes and messed up translator. I'll admit it, it's tough being this obnoxiously unique, but I am a man with a personality that fills a room. Here, old chap, take a swig. 
Thank wrong. you. But I will find Earth spirits incredibly disgusting. Right you are, sir. And what they do to you can be disgustingly incredible, too. And please stop touching me. I do not like physical expressions of affection. Jeez, sensitive thing, aren't you? It's just a friendly shoulder pad. Captain, this is the hooligan who spilled his drink on Princess Carbuthno and ruined her robes. This is a grave error, and not only an offense to my lady, but also to the United Federation of Oil Companies who gifted the princess with the robes she wore for the send-off today. The robes are priceless, an ancient artifact made entirely of oil. I demand that he be removed from the table at once. Now, now, Zaya, I appreciate your fervor. However, in times like these, it is best to be magnanimous. Captain, the hooligan may stay. Perhaps it is time to order him a rum punch romaine. Ah, now you're speaking my language there, lady. Zaya. Tell them to hold the rum. Princess! Wowie, wowie, wow, wow. Royal tea. I bet you must be loaded. I've been sitting on this gold mine of a deal. A great business opportunity, but I didn't want to share it with just anyone, but I'm thinking. We do not discuss business at the dinner table. Speaking of business, Captain, I am afraid to report. That one of your bellhops has stolen some of my luggage. My very expensive Louis Vuitton bag has gone missing. And the only time it was out of my sight was when your man... uh, What was his name? Uh, Rob Marston? Bob Johnson. Or was it was it Todd Jensen? Bob Johnson. He'll come to me here soon on the ship of the old tongue. Uh, Ron Thompson. Yes, I, His I believe His name is that Bob was... Johnson, you idiot. Oh no, Ari, come back. He's fine. He gets upset sometimes when things don't seem to go his way. He has a fatal flaw of his personality. Hmm. Odd. The only Bob Johnson we have on board is a mechanic, not a bellhop. This is quite suspicious, and I will not tolerate thieves aboard my elevator. I'll look into this immediately, after dinner. Ah, wonderful. The first course has arrived. Dig in, everyone. I'm afraid to report that while the food was delicious, the conversation at dinner left a bitter aftertaste. Things progressed from uncomfortable to awkward to, frankly, incendiary. And by dessert, everyone was silently steaming. Jackson made no friends and seemed to alienate the one he did have along the way. But it must be acknowledged that hurtling up and out of the Earth's atmosphere being carried along on a simple cable makes for tired and irritable passengers. After dinner, all passengers were settled into their rooms for the evening, hoping a good night's sleep would leave them in a better mood and hungry for breakfast. Suddenly, a scream was heard reverberating off the metal hallways. Followed soon after by a siren and an announcement. Passengers, please remain calm. A report from the captain will be broadcast to your comms in five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. 
Ladies and gentlemen, sometime between immediately after dinner and approximately 10 minutes ago, one of our passengers, Jackson Nova, was murdered in the elevator cable viewing area. Please know your safety is our primary concern. Our secondary concern is your satiety. No hungry bellies on this ship. The crew and I want to assure you, you're safe and there's no need to panic. Just picnic. Just don't walk anywhere by yourself for the remainder of the trip and you'll be fine. Please, everyone, get some rest. We have a big day filled with lots of opportunities to eat delicious meals. Will the passengers get any sleep? Or will they be troubled by worries of being murdered and of indigestion? Well, you'll never have that worry with Physiceltzer Tonic. Your stomach woes will be no more. So with just two simple tablets mixed in one glass of your drink of choice, you'll be right as rain. All oh, the pain. <laughs> Here, my dear, try a Physiceltzer. Hmm, my is fizzy, foaming, really. Is milk the best way to go here? It's your drink of choice. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, the burning. Is that... Should I feel... <laughs> the burning is how you know it's working. Take Physiceltzer and relieve your indigestion in an instant. <coughs> Needless to say, it was not a restful sleep for anyone on board. The next morning, day two of this fateful trip, the captain called Dick Rogers to the bridge. Dick, thank goodness you're on board. I don't know what we would have done without you. We have planned for nearly every eventuality. We have plans if we run out of cocktail sauce for the shrimp, or if one of the pools springs a leak, or if someone stubs their toe on the stairs in the dining room. Now, we've been guaranteed that this cable thing can't break, so we did have to go a little light on the number of escape pods in order to fit all 2,240 passengers, plus all the extra shrimp sauce so we wouldn't run out. But never in my wildest planning did I account for the eventuality of needing a detective on board to solve potential murders. I'm going to need to budget for that in the next trip. Second Officer Lightoller, make note of it in the log to budget for a space detective on all future voyages. Aye, aye, Captain. I'm just still stunned and can't believe it, especially with the high caliber of people we have aboard. Well, those are lessons I had to learn a long time ago, Zeno. First, there is never enough shrimp sauce. And second, sometimes the <clears throat> best of folk are also the worst. Now, tell me some of the details so I can get a handle on this thing. Captain Zeno filled Dick in on all the details of the scene, and then called in Ari for the first official interrogation. All right, Ari, I need you to be straight with me. Did you kill Jackson? No, of course not. He was my best friend. Interesting. Every time I saw you with the guy, he seemed like he was walking all over you. Doesn't seem like much of a friend. Look, me and Jackson go way back. He gets like that sometimes, but he's a good guy when it comes down to it. Yeah, I'll have to take your word for it on that one. But really, Ari, he takes your room, he gets drunk and boisterous, leaving you with the tab at the bar, mm. and then he totally ignores you at dinner? You storm off at dinner, not even finishing your beef wellington, which was delicious, by the way. You really missed out. Yeah, I was really hopping mad. So mad, I, I didn't think I could take it. Aha, and your anger boiled over, you couldn't take it anymore, and you killed him. I no, knew it. No, no, I swear, I went back to my room, and, and, well, I did what I always do when I get upset. I called my mom on the comms. Great, she can vouch for you. Call her up right now. Um, is that... Really necessary? Can't I just show you my call log? Sooner I rule you out, the better, son. 
All right. Ari calling again so soon. Did you remember to take your digestible fiber tablets? I know how backed up you get when you travel. Mom, Mom, remember how I called and we talked for a while last night? Yes, yeah, several hours you were going on about how sad you were about your friend and how mean he was being. All while I was baking my famous cinnamon rolls for the church ladies group gathering today. They loved them, by the way. Marcy asked for the recipe again, and I said I just couldn't remember it off the top of my head, but really, I just don't want her to have it. Then that alarm started going off and making so much noise, I had to hang up. Oh, yes, yes, that, that, that's enough, Mom. Dick, did you get what you needed? Almost. Can you have your mom tell a message that recipe? Mom, can you send me the recipe? Sure, sending it now. Who is that with you? That's not Marcy, is it? There. Are you satisfied now? I will be, as soon as I get the pastry chef on board to make these for me. All right, you're free to go, but don't go far. I may have more questions for you. Where would I go? Dick continued to detect throughout the day, in between meals, of course. With so many delectable dishes, it's hard to skip even one meal. And since no one could go anywhere, Dick knew that letting the case stew while he took in some of the onboard attractions couldn't hurt. Mmm, stew. Day three found Dick upright, standing tall, refreshed and ready for breakfast. And after that, he got right down to interviewing more suspects. This time, the Princess Carbuthno Marbani and her loyal assistant, Zaya. Princess Marbani, thank you for honoring me with your presence. I know your diplomatic immunity means you do not have to cooperate with me, so... I appreciate you doing so. And I thank you for doing your best detective work in this case to solve it expediently. While I had no great love for this man, it's a shame to see any life taken too soon. Your grace is so much more magnanimous than I. Yes, Zaya, you did seem to be most distraught over the ruined robes. Mr. Rogers, you do not seem to understand the importance of those robes. They were meant to be a declaration of friendship between our planet and the Federation of Oil Companies, as well as a commitment between my lady and the King President. I hear the insinuation, but I don't get your meaning. The King President and I are to be married. The robes were a symbol of that commitment, much as your engagement rings are on Earth. For my lady to be seen disrespecting such a priceless artifact by allowing them to be soiled puts into question her loyalty to the King President and the union they have planned. Now I understand, but tell me this, doesn't the United Federation of Oil Companies abide by a strict eye-for-an-eye tradition and that's why you killed him? To show proper revenge for such disrespect and to keep your impending nuptials on track? How dare you! Zaya! It's all right. You have seen to the core of our plan. Aha! So you did it. I knew it. I'm offended that you would think that I would resort to violence. Mr. Rogers, you have the basics right, but not the implementation. You see, we waited for Jackson to go to the bar by the pool, and as he walked close to the edge, I'm afraid that my foot may have slipped slightly on the deck, connecting with his, and causing him to take quite the tumble into the water. Totally an accident. However, it was very public and a display of me causing his clothing water damage, thus providing an eye for an eye, or in this case, a cloth for a cloth. So that's why his clothes were all wet. 
well, thank you, ladies, for your cooperation. Two suspects down and still no closer to solving this mystery. Dick needed a break. The orchestra performed a beautiful afternoon concert, which was followed by a delicious dinner prepared lovingly by the kitchen staff. After a full meal, Dick decided he would be more productive in the morning. A full 12 hours of sleep, followed by brunch on the outer viewing deck, prepared our ambitious detective for his next interrogation on day four. Dick met mechanic Bob Johnson in the pulley room, the heart of the space elevator. Forgive me, I feel a bit motion sick in here. It's the pulley room. It'll do that to you, especially if you've had a lot to eat. Well, Bob, thanks so much for meeting with me. Well, I didn't really have a choice now, did I? I'm working here. You come down here and interrupt my work. It's enough to make a guy want to punch something. Would you say you're a violent person? Well, I ain't no lily-livered fat cat living on exoplanets now, am I? I fight for what I've got and ready to defend my way of life. In this world, it's either take or be taken. And did you take Jackson Nova's luggage? I'm not even a bellhop. The man just assumed I was and tossed his bags at me, and his butler gave me a terrible tip, an offensively small amount. Why, it's enough to make a guy want to do something in retaliation. His friend. The guy who tipped you was his friend. Some friend. Gah. A guy like that treats his friends that way. It's enough to make a guy some enemies. You haven't answered my question. Did you take the luggage? Look, pal, possession is nine-tenths of the law. How do we even know they was truly his bags to begin with? Just because he handed them to me, how do we know that he didn't steal them from some other schmuck? Look, my granddaddy always said, you don't concede when there's theft involved. So you're saying you did steal it, but he stole it first, so it's okay? Look, all I'm saying was the luggage had another guy's initials all over it, okay? I mean, I may not be the best reader, but ain't no way Jackson Nova's initials are LV. It's just sickening to think some poor guy out there just wanting a good vacation and wondering, where'd my luggage go? It's enough to make a guy want to hit something soft real hard. Louis Vuitton. The initials are Louis Vuitton. Oh, so you found the guy. Well, good. Well, he's not really... You see, we gotta stick up for the little guy. I will not stand for a lie, not on my watch. You have to show strength to be strong. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. Well, I think I've got Stop all I need from steal. you for now. Stop. Goodbye. Stop the steal. At this point, Dick was fairly certain that Bob had, in fact, stolen the luggage. But seeing as Jackson Nova was no longer needing the items, and Dick wanted to keep his head and the contents of his stomach, he decided that one was best left alone. But you don't need to worry about keeping the contents of your stomach where they belong. Oh no, when traveling the high seas or launching into outer space, your best bet, with no side effects, no after effects, and being entirely safe for humans, is the Littermark. Well, I've done it. I finished the testing. No amount of this drug seems to be harmful. Well, no matter how much I gave these test rats, they didn't die, so it's gotta be safe. Do you think a rat is a good enough comparison to determine no negative side effects in humans? Yeah, it's gotta be, right? I mean, we all have tails when we're born, but the government orders that doctors cut them off immediately after birth. Just another example of government control. What? Where did you even hear that? Just no more nausea when you're on the high seas with the little ride. Following a walk along the viewing deck to review all he had learned, and to take in a bit of fresh recycled air, Dick decided a quick bite to eat was in order. An after-dinner drink with the captain rounded out with a lovely evening as they watched the earth grow smaller and smaller. The next morning, Dick arranged to meet his final suspect, Opuk Kupo. Thank you, Opuk, for making time to have tea with me while we chat through this whole nasty situation. 
I don't have time for this. I should be searching for my flask. Why? What do you mean? My flask. It is very special to me. A family heirloom. It's gone missing. When did you last have your flask? I kept it on my entity at all times. It was right here in my breast pocket. I had checked it right before dinner at the captain's table on our first evening. I believe that astonishingly terrible drunkard stole it. Have you been talking to Bob Johnson? Look, just because a guy is a bit of a drunk doesn't make him a thief. But if it is as you said and he stole your flask, you would have a pretty good reason to want to kill the man. He was a remarkably annoying man, and while I did consider murder as the quickest option for retrieving my flask, I decided against it and was simply going to ask the human where it was. I have been told that humans like bluntness and honesty in all situations. Yeah, I'm not sure that's really what we like. I attempted to find the man's room, but as I was searching, the alarms went off and I returned to my quarters. I've searched nearly the entire elevator and nothing. There is only one place I haven't looked. The elevator cable viewing area. Please allow me access to the area. I must retrieve this flask. With no additional clues, Dick reluctantly agreed to go to the scene of the crime. Actually, first, he went to the luncheon buffet for just a bit of sustenance, because one simply cannot solve crimes on an empty stomach. Then, he ventured with Opuk and the captain back to the elevator cable viewing chamber. Alright, so we're looking for a flask. Oh, hey, what's this? Oh, no, this is the one I saw Jackson drinking from the first day. Must have fallen out of his pocket. Let me take a whiff. I bet it smells of whiskey just like... No! That's my flask! Good God, Opuk! You Epsilon Adranis have some powerful spirits! Oh, that wasn't alcohol. My planet has progressed far beyond altering states using such rudimentary chemical combinations. No, it was cryoprep elixir synthesized specifically for my genetic makeup. I must take it to prepare for my transport's hyperdrive. Without it, my body will not be appropriately primed and will not survive cryosleep for the 10-year trip. It allows physical bodies to exist in that minute space between alive and dead. I've checked with the medic on board, and they do not stock this elixir, so I must travel back to Earth, purchase more, and book the next trip, which isn't for another two weeks. Oh, great! You'll get a chance to explore so much more of planet Earth this way. I can think of nothing less I'd rather do. But hey... If this stuff was going to knock you out for ten years, how long is Dick going to be asleep? He simply got a whiff. He should be awake by the time we dock at the spaceport. Wait, does this mean that Jackson isn't dead? Unfortunately, yes. By my estimation, he would have been knocked out as soon as the bottle touched his lips, ensuring he didn't ingest a lot. In fact, I would be surprised if he wasn't waking up soon. Oh, <laughs> well then, <clears throat> you must excuse me, I... I need to go to the kitchens real quick and, uh, retrieve some things from the refrigerator. Our daring detective awoke hours later and was served a hero's dinner for solving the case. And as all good things do, the six-day trip came to an end without further incident. Jackson Nova woke with a splitting headache, but after a trip to the bar with all drinks and snacks charged to the captain's tab, all was well. Guests began packing up and are excited for their next destination, be it Epsilon Eridani, the Horsehead Nebula, or of course for the Round Trippers, a direct descent back to good old planet Earth. Hey, I can't find my luggage. I'm missing my jewelry! Somebody stole my wallet. Okay, 
I totally get the Titanic reference, and clearly the scriptwriter had been on a cruise. I can confirm. Hardly a moment goes by without the opportunity to eat. I know, I know. Cruises are terrible for the environment and local populations at the ports of call. But look, I was a kid. The only cruise I went on was a Disney cruise, and it was fun, okay? It was the 90s. It was a different time. Wait, what? Cruises are bad? Yeah, they burn like 250 tons of fuel a day. Oh, man. Well, I guess I have to cross that off my bucket list. Joanna, you've been awfully quiet. Is something wrong? Oh, please. Our polite, pedantic Joanna, what could be wrong? She's always a ray of nerdy sunshine. Unless... Hey, did one of your cats get sick or something? Huh? Oh, <laughs> no, no. The fur kids are all fine. Nothing's wrong. I, I mean, not really. No, nothing bad, anyway. I mean, I just... I, okay, now I'm worried. You're babbling. Out with it. Spill. Yeah, come on, Joe. Talk to us. We nerds stick together, right? Whose ass do we need to kick? Wait, what? No, no, guys. Everything's fine. I'm fine. I just... <sighs> I have some news, and I'm not quite sure how to tell you. Out with it. Okay, okay. I have to quit the podcast. You You what? what? Why? What 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 happened? happened? Is this because of that one bad review we got? Because that guy was a dick, and I don't mean the cool space detective type. You can't let trolls like that get to you. No kidding. Jeez, if I had a nickel for every jerk who mouthed off about me online... That'd be a lot of nickels. You got something to say, Skeevy Mike? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, guys, come on, cool it. It's nothing like that, okay? It's not because of anything bad. Just the opposite, in fact. Well, what then? This podcast has been like your baby. I know, I know. But maybe it's time for me to let go. Let the baby grow up and go off to college, you know? I I trust you guys to keep an eye on it and make sure it doesn't do anything too stupid. What are you talking about? Sorry, that was a terrible metaphor. What I'm trying to say is, I need to move on. Because, well, see, I met someone online, and he... You met someone? Who? When? How do you know they're legit? How can you be sure they're not... Oh, God, Mike, she's been catfished. That's it, it's gotta be. I knew her Facebook posts lately seemed sus. Joanna, how much do they scam you for? You've gotta go to the police. Unless, I mean... I do know a guy. Oh my god, Eleanor, stop! No, there's no catfishing. There's no scam, I swear. Look, I know you guys think I'm a naive little prude, but I'm not stupid. Well, no, of course we know you're not stupid. Okay, so you met someone, and... Okay, so, yes, I met this guy online. We've been talking every single day for over a year now. He's come to visit me, I've gone to see him, we've spent time together face-to-face and online, and, well, he's perfect for me. He even loves cats as much as I do. Hmm, I call bullshit. That's impossible. Nobody loves cats as much as you do. (laughs) No, but really, he does. He's like... My equal. He's completely adorkable, he tells terrible punny dad jokes, and he gives really great hugs. And he loves me. And I love him. And I'm going to move to Kentucky and live with him and his cats. It's going to be so perfect. I have four boy cats and a girl cat. He has four girl cats and a boy cat. We are totally going to have this weird little Brady Bunch blended family. Are you sure about this, though, Joanna? I mean, have you really thought this through? I am, and I have. 
we've been talking about this for a while, but we only recently were able to finally set an official date for me to move and start making actual plans. I just, I wasn't sure how to tell you guys. I'm going to miss all of you and this podcast and all the other nerds. God, I've had so much fun with you guys. So this is for real? It's not a joke. You're really going away? Yeah, I, I really am. But I'll come back to visit. Maybe I can drop in on a recording session now and then. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of going to miss our dick appointments. <laughs> if that's true, then uh, this guy's doing something wrong. Eleanor! Oh my god! Oh, I should have known better than to go there. Anyway, even without me, the podcast will go on. You guys will be great. I know it. Now, we should probably wrap this episode up. So, without further ado, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, please continue to tune in for your next dick appointment. Hit them with the handles, Mike, please. We're on Facebook at Dick Rogers Pod, on Instagram at Dick Rogers Space Detective, and Twitter at Rogers Space. And you can join the nerds on Patreon at patreon.com slash space underscore detective. Good night, everybody. This episode's nerds are Wendy Wilwoods, Ari O'Ryan, Zaya, Scientist 2, and Joanna. Angela Ventress as Captain Zeno and Eleanor. Michael Storm as Dick Rogers and Mike Nutley. Emily Anderson as Announcer and Scientist 1. Nicholas Johnson as Jackson Nova and Opa Kupo. Logan Wright as Bob Johnson and Ari's mom. Jamie Ironside as Carbuthno Marbani and Lady. Andrea Lang as Opa Kupo and Ship Announcer. Dick Rogers and the Space Elevator Express was written by Angela Ventress. Music by Nicholas Johnson, sound design by Michael Storm, and audio editing by Nicholas Johnson.